Baptism is, is one of the key elements of our walk with Christ. In fact, what we've discovered when people come to us for deliverance or inner healing or uh, sickness, what, we have a questionnaire, and one of the things we ask is, have you been dunked like a donut and held under till you were dead? You know why we ask that? Because you shared on it, the Red Sea. And the Israelites, when the Israelites crossed through the Red Sea, they were baptized. And you need to understand because, and I thought you were going to preach my message for a minute there. You were, you were on it. But, but listen, think about this. They crossed the Red Sea, and when they got to the other side, they looked back and they watched their past chase them. And then they watched their past drown. And, and you need to understand this. All of a sudden, washed up on the shore was the man that beat her husband to death, the man that raped her, the man that killed her son. And when they turned and walked away, they walked away from the junk of their past. And friend, when you get dunked in a baptismal, you're, you're, you're drowned. You're, you die with Christ and you're resurrected in newness of life. And if you've not been dunked like a donut, you need to be. And a lot of times folks get their freedom just in the baptismal tank. Amen? I, 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 if you can tell, I'm sold on baptism. Amen? Amen. Also, uh, on this uh, bulletin he mentioned in your uh, thing, I want to make one correction. My wife actually uh, uh, said, she said, my bad, I, I gave him the wrong information. It says registration, 50 bucks. We've changed that to 10 bucks. We want, we, we feel so strongly that the body of Christ needs to grow spiritually. We need to be men and women of God. We need to understand the wiles and schemes of the devil. We need to understand how to win this thing. I've read the end of this book. We win. Amen? And, and, and we want you to grow spiritually. So the registration is actually $10 per person. And I encourage you, if you can give up 10 Wednesday nights, give up 10 Wednesday nights and spiritually grow. Amen? If you want the books, they're optional. Uh, it's 40 more bucks for books. But to register for the class is but $10. Amen? Whew, I feel the Holy Ghost up here. I'm telling you. God's up to something in this house. Did you, did you feel the atmosphere of healing in, in the worship? Praise God. And, and the songs we sang were about Jesus and the power of God and the healing power of God. Amen? How many understand God wants to do miracles in this house? I, I heard Pastor Jay two weeks ago talk about this card right here. This, what do you call a refrigerator card? Yeah, mine's still stuck in, in, in my briefcase, actually. But uh, it's not on my fridge. But I don't see my fridge that much anyway. We're traveling so much. But, uh, but I have my briefcase usually. But you know what? Look, number three says healing and miracles. This house is destined to be a place of healing and miracles. And I'll tell you something. Healing is a miracle, but so is deliverance. In fact, the disciples came to Jesus once and said, there's a guy casting out demons in your name and we don't know him. And we told him to stop. And Jesus says, no, anyone that does a miracle in my name are for us and not against us. Listen, God wants to heal us. He wants to deliver us. He wants us to be, be whole spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Amen. And that's what our, our class is about. That's what our ministry is about. Ram ministry is about helping people get set free and be what God created them to be. Amen. Amen. I do have a resource table in the back. I didn't bring a lot of my material. I actually have, I have about 40 hours of teaching I do on deliverance and inner healing. I do about 40 hours of teaching. And, and, and I listen, I'm going to tell you today, I'm not going to go long. 
I'll tell you like Elizabeth Taylor used to tell her husbands, I won't keep you long. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but uh, I, I'm not, not going to go real long today, but, but I want to I wanna impart something today. I want to get something across to us today. But anyway, I have books back there. I have, I have three primary books. One's called The Restoring of Innocence. And that's a book I wrote several years ago. Uh, Janet Suddeth and I used to travel, and we used to do a, a conference called The Restoring of Innocence. And it was for people who've experienced abuse, verbal, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, even sexual abuse. And it, it's a tiny little book, but it's full of prayers that can break that hell in your life. And, and that's, that again, that's our goal, is to see people set free. My, my main textbook is a book called So Free. Everybody say So Free. That's how free God wants us to be. He wants us to be so free. Amen? And then a lot of the prayers that we pray, in fact, every prayer that we pray at Ram Ministry is in a book called the Deliverance Training Manual. And these are the prayers we pray for people when they come to our office. And you know what? You, can, you don't have to come to our office sometimes. A lot of people can be self-delivered just by understanding what they're dealing with, praying some prayers, and, and renouncing the devil, breaking his power in their life. And that's, that's why we have that available. You don't, you don't always need someone. I liken deliverance and healing to this. You, you can have a beautiful piece of property somewhere out in the country, and you can have a beautiful estate, a beautiful house, uh, a big iron fence with the concrete pillars and the, the big security gate. But if you go to town one day and you leave that gate open, the enemy comes along, sees that, uh, uh, that open gate and that beautiful property, and he goes to the back 40 and pitches a tent. Is he supposed to be there? No, he's a trespasser. But is he there? Absolutely. So what do you need to do? Well, you need to go down there and tell him to get off your property. And you know, sometimes they'll leave. But other times they won't. And that's when you have to get the sheriff. You have to get someone to go down there and evict them. And that's what we do as deliverance and healing ministers. If you can't get it yourself, you come see us and we'll help you evict that thing in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. That's what we do. Amen. And I want to thank you all too for, for praying for me. Sylvie, take these please. This is my beautiful wife, Sylvie. Wave at the people please. You know, uh, two years ago, I was dying. Uh, some of you will remember seeing me when I could come in here, how, how uh, emaciated I was and how sick I was and how drawn and I could barely breathe and barely walk. And, and God, God has done a work in me. I don't know if you can tell, but I feel pretty good this morning. Amen. I, I looked at the calendar today. We've traveled uh, uh, 20 days of, of the last 30 we, we've been on the road ministering, and we just got back from a week of meetings in Canada, and uh, the, the, we had a blessed time. We saw people healed, delivered. I taught on deliverance and healing, and I caught some beautiful bass in the lake right there. So, I mean, it was, it was a God trip. Amen? Amen. But listen, I, I want to tell you, God is still a healer. He's still a deliverer, and I'm going to talk just briefly this morning about Christ, our healer, and our deliverer. Amen? Can we do that? Amen. Are you still excited about Jesus? Oh, friend, I'm so excited. I'm so excited when I realize how much he's done in my life. Two years ago, I told Sylvia, I said, I'm going to die. I'm not going to get up in the morning. I told my wife that. We'd only been married a few months, and I said, I'm going to die tonight. That's how sick I was. And she said, no. She said, you're not going to die. 
She said, your problem is when, when you watched your last wife die of cancer over a two-year period, you lost your faith. Your faith got tweaked. And I looked at her, and, and you know, my immediate instinct was, I'll dare you. But, but I realized she's so right. My faith was tweaked. And that, you know what, we still have to have faith. I don't care what you're going through. Friend, I, was, I knew that I knew I wasn't going to wake up in the morning. And she said, no, you're going to wake up. You're going to live and not die. My friend Cheon prophesied over me one time when I was so sick a few years ago. He, he said, this is not unto death. Sylvia reminded me that, and I said, well, he probably missed it. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you what, I was sick. But, but God, everybody say, but God. Amen. Amen. I want you to look at Isaiah 53 if you have your Bible. If not, I'll put it up on the screen. Most folks today have an iPad or an iPhone or a this, that, or the other electronic, but I still carry the Word of God in, in print because I can write, I can highlight, I can, and I can hit someone with it if I have to. So praise the Lord. But, but I want you to look at verse 3 with me. It, it says, uh, I'll have to look up here. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Listen, if you've watched the news, you know that Jesus is still despised and rejected. You know what? You can go out in public. You can talk about God. You can talk about higher powers. You can talk about Allah. You can talk about Muhammad. You can talk about all the things. But start talking about Jesus. That's, you're right. The, whoever said it, the, the atmosphere changes when you say the name of Jesus because something stirs in the atmosphere. And people that, that are anti-Christ, that are against God, that are against the the body of Christ, it stirs something up in them, and they, they resist it. They, they rebuke it. They come against it. But I'm going to tell you what, we do win this thing. Amen? Amen. So he's still despised and rejected, and, and people are upset and concerned right now about all the things in the news. And the, You know what we're seeing? We're seeing end time for prophecy fulfilled. When, when I see the news, you know, it breaks my heart, some of the things I see, but I also see that we are getting there. Hello? Friend, we're there, and, 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 and that just tells me we're closer to seeing him. We're closer to seeing the great harvest that's been promised by the prophets. When I see the news, even though my heart breaks for some of the people being damaged and hurt, I, I get excited because I know that I know what's coming. Amen? Amen. We, we can't let the news beat us down. We need to see the end goal, we, the game you're talking about. We need to see the, 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 the touchdown. We need to see the goal post. Amen? Amen. I can't see that screen. I'll have to look at this one. It says, surely, verse 4, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. We esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Listen, Jesus prayed so hard that the Bible tells us he sweat drops of blood. I know there's intercessors in this house. I know there's prayer warriors in this house. But I guarantee you, none of you have ever sweat blood because you prayed so hard. If you have, we'd be talking about it. Okay, so, so what I'm telling you is Jesus knows pain. He knows grief. He knows sorrow. He knows disappointment. He knows shame. He knows everything we're going through, everything you've gone through, and everything you might go through, and he's paid a price that you can go through it. Amen? Amen. And in verse 5, it says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we might be healed. No, that's not what it says, is it? You know what? I, I've got about 100 translations of the Bible uh, on my computer. And every one I looked at said, By his stripes, we 
are healed. We are healed. And a lot of times the problem is just what I said. It's a faith issue. Regardless of what the doctor says, regardless. Uh, and just to give you a good report, I went to the doctor a couple months ago who told me that I, he would have guessed I'd have been dead or on dialysis by now. That was what my doctor said, a Christian man. But you know what? He's seen a miracle. And he said to me, your kidneys are no longer failing. He said, your kidneys will not kill you. Amen? Christ is still our healer and our deliverer. Amen? Amen. What you need to understand is the price that Jesus Christ paid. Jesus bled from seven primary places when he was crucified. The, the reason I showed you this scripture in Isaiah 53, this description of the crucifixion is so accurate that scholars even today doubt that Isaiah could have written it. They, they think it was written after the, because it was so prophetically accurate. 750 years before he was crucified, the prophet described the crucifixion. But what I want you to know today is Jesus bled from seven primary places. And how many know in the Hebrew language, seven is the number of completion? What's the last thing Christ said on the cross? It is finished. It is completed is what he said. And, and, and you also need to understand the Bible is full of symbolism. Symbolism is very important. The baptism we just talked about, it's a symbolic act of dying with Christ and being resurrected in newness of Christ Jesus. When we take communion, that's a symbolic act of the blood and body of Jesus Christ. Symbolism has power. And, and the seven places that Christ bled from, uh, they represent something. The first thing you, you'll read in your Bible that they pressed a crown of thorns down on his head. He bled from the full circumference of his head. Why did he bleed from the full circumference of his head? To pay a price, to pay a full price for our mental health, for our wholeness of mind. For uh, a Christian shouldn't need Prozac. A Christian shouldn't need Zoloft. A Christian shouldn't need constant counseling. A Christian should walk with the mind of Christ in power and boldness and authority in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. But, but see, he paid a price that we could have that wholeness of mind. He paid a price. The, you'll, you'll read, and, and how many of you remember the movie The Passion? Do you, do you remember that? I, I'll never forget the imagery of that movie. And, and what, what, what blew me away was one of, all of it, but what, one when the, the cat of nine tails, the Roman scourge, ripped the flesh from his back. And, and, and I mean, I watched that, and, and I'm telling you, everything in me was moving inside me. But the Bible says, we just looked at it in verse 5 of Isaiah 53, by his stripes, by that plowing of his back, we're what? We're healed. See, he paid for our physical healing. He paid for our cancers, our diabetes, our blood disease, our kidneys, our livers, uh, all the garbage that we go through. He paid a price that we could walk in freedom. See, if we're dealing with those things, we need to understand today they're trespassers. We don't deserve it. It's not God's plan for us. It's not God's design. They are trespassing. They're on the back 40 and they need to be evicted. In Jesus' name, amen? 
Two other places Christ was, was pierced and bled were his hands. Why his hands? Listen, we tie our shoes with our hands. We feed our face with our hands. We work with our hands. Everything we do, we do with our hands because he cares that we prosper. He wants us to be the head and not the tail. He doesn't want us struggling. He wants us to prosper in Jesus' name. Amen? So if we're not, we need to, what's going on? Maybe there's a curse we need to break. I'm going to talk about how we deal with this stuff in a minute. But God's desire, and he paid a price that we might prosper. Amen? Amen. Next, his feet were pierced, both his feet. Why his feet? Think about it with me for a minute. Our feet make us mobile. Our feet get us from here to there. And regardless of what we've gone through, regardless of what you're going through right now, or regardless of what you might go through, his were fe uh, feet were pierced to pay a price that we can follow him through anything. Say anything. Anything. He paid a price in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. And then lastly, uh, and the visual again from the movie is just... I can close my eyes and see it over and over and over. When, when the Roman took his sword and, or his spear and pierced the side of Christ and, and the water and blood gushed over him. You can read it in your Bible. It's right there. The water and blood, that came from his heart. See, he not only paid for our physical healing, for our prosperity, our ability to follow him, our mental health. He paid for our emotional damage. He paid for your betrayal, your divorce, your, your hurts, your wounds, your abuse. He paid a full price for everything that we've gone through. Jesus paid the price in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. We're having some technical difficulty, but praise God for that. Amen. The, the next scripture, I'll just use my Bible. I can do that. And, and I'll flip over to Luke chapter 4 and verse 40, and maybe they'll get it back up for us here in a minute. Luke 4.40 says, when the sun was setting, people brought to Jesus all uh, who had various kinds of sickness and laid hands on each one of them, and he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people shouting. Listen to that. Moreover, demons came out of many. See, what you need to understand, can we get up there or not? We good, guys? There we go. He, he, he laid hands on the sick, and he healed all that were sick. How many understand that's his desire? Regardless of the illness or infirmity we're dealing with, he wants to heal us. And, and then, like I said, in verse 41, he cast demons out of many. A lot of people don't believe demons are real. Friend, I've been casting them out for almost 18 years. I've cast out spirits of infirmity. I've cast out perverse spirits. I've had demons curse me, growl at me, spit on me. And you know what? The bottom line is they went to Phoenix because I cast them out to a dry and an arid place in Jesus' name. Bless those folks in Phoenix. But you know what? I, I, you have to know the authority we have in the name of Jesus. We need to know that we can do this thing. Matthew 8, 16. Let me see what it says here. It says, when evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed how many? 
all who were sick. And then in verse 17, he says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. See, he paid the full price, and his desire is that we be healed and delivered and whole today. How many believe that? Amen? All right, about half of you. How many really want to believe that? Okay, the other half. There we go. Listen, let me tell you something. There's four steps to receive healing and deliverance, and this is really where I want to go today. I want you to understand he wants to heal you, but I want you to understand our part in this. The first thing we have to do when we're sick or we're struggling is we have to admit our need. Yes, I'm sick. Yes, I'm depressed. Yes, I'm dealing with anger. I'm dealing with lust. I'm dealing with perversion. I'm dealing with fear. Yes, I have a problem. Yes, I'm struggling with addiction or with with whatever it is. We have to admit our need. Because if you don't admit, don't get this hyper faith thing. You, You name it and claim it. Listen, if you're sick, you're sick. And if you need prayer, you need prayer. If you're struggling and you need help, you need to tell someone so they can agree with you and they can pray for you and God can set you free. Amen? Amen. So step number one is to admit our need. Everybody say amen. Amen. And then step number two is you have to go after Jesus. You have to go after God. How many know the story of blind Bartimaeus? Four people. Wow. Well, let let me tell you about him, okay? He was a blind guy. And he was sitting on the street in the dirt with the other sick people. And there was a crowd of people and there was a ruckus coming down the street. And he said, hey, what's going on? What's going on? And somebody said, Jesus is coming. He said, the one that heals blind people? They they said, yeah, yeah. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And you know what they said to him? You can't act like that in church. Quiet, quiet down. And he said, can you heal me? And they said, no. He said, Jesus! He screamed out all the more. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He went after Jesus. And you read the story. Jesus said, get him, bring him here. And he healed him. Amen? There there was a story in the Bible of a woman with an issue of blood. 12 years she was bleeding. 12 years she was sick. The Bible tells us she spent all her money on doctors and prescriptions. And she was still sick. And she heard that Jesus was coming. And she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. And I'm going to tell you something. You have to picture this. There were thousands of people crowded around Jesus, all trying just to touch him, just to get close to him, just to to, to be near him. Friend, that's the way it is when you're dealing with something like that. I remember at the Brownsville Revival when when the pastors or the evangelists stepped off the platform, we called it a press. They, they would, I, all we could do to keep people from squishing them and us, everyone trying to touch, get a touch, pray for me. This woman was so sick. How many know she was weak? She couldn't have fought the press. She got on her hands and knees and crawled on that filthy dirt street through those filthy legs and feet. And she got up there and just touched him. And you know what Jesus said? He said, who touched me? And you read it in the Bible. The disciples said, what do you mean who touched you? They're all touching you. He said, no, somebody touched me. And he said, virtue left from me. And the woman was healed. Amen? How about the paralytic? Y'all know that story? He, he, he couldn't even crawl. He was a, a quadriplegic, if you will. His friends carried him in a mat 
to, to, the, to, the, to the crowd. And, and when they got there, it was such a crowd, they couldn't get near the house. So you know what they did? They climbed up on the roof and tore the roof off a man's house. Where I live, you get shot for that. But think about it. He, tell me what, he had good friends. But, but they lowered him down and Jesus healed him. See, you not only have to admit your need, you have to go after him. Amen? Amen? Amen. And then, then the next thing you have to do is you have to let Dr. Jesus do an exam. And that's where it gets touchy. That's where it gets tough for some of us. See, we need to let Dr. Jesus go in and look at it. And we, we have to, is there a sin issue? Because I'm going to tell you something, there's a correlation between sickness and sin. Let, let me, now, now, I'm not saying if you're sick, you're in sin. And I'm not saying if you're sick, you have a demon. But I do know there's a correlation because he said to the paralytic I just mentioned, your sins are forgiven. Take up your mat and walk. Hello? And I have cast out a spirit of infirmity from many, many different people. I have seen healing after healing after healing for the last 18 years. So what sometimes we have to let him look at the, is it a sin issue? Maybe it's a, not even our sin, maybe it's a generational sin. We call them generational curses. That's one of the first things we do with people when we pray for them is we break generational curses, generational iniquity. Sometimes we're suffering with the sins of our great-great-grandparents because the Bible says I'll punish the children to the third and the fourth generation. Folks don't like that, but you know what? I don't like it either. I'm just telling you the facts. And I'm telling you what we deal with. There's another huge curse we deal with, and it's called Freemasonry. Freemasonry is one of the biggest curses in our society. And that's another thing we do with people is, is we teach on it and break the curses. People say, well, how do I know if I have Freemasonry? Well, if Papa was a Shriner, you know, if he was a 32nd degree Mason, if he was the grand poobah of the lodge, you know. But, but you know what? There's other ways to know. You can look at fruit. Let me tell you the four main fruit of Freemasonry. Number one is asthma, allergies, and breathing difficulties. Number, it comes in from a noose around the neck, a spirit of choking in the first and second and third degree. Hello? It comes from the blood oaths and the vows they make. They also have a Bible on their, their altar where they swear oaths to the devil. That, that mixture of the holy and the profane brings in a spirit of error, which brings in a spirit of perversion. So the number two fruit we see is child molestation. Not necessarily by the mason, but by someone because that spirit of error brings in a spirit of perversion and it gives the devil a legal right to torment. And I'm going to tell you something. People don't like this, but I'll tell you how fair God is, how just God is, how true God is to his word. He will even give the devil his due. You need to understand that. People say, why does God allow that? He doesn't. But well, he does, but because the enemy has a legal right. You need to understand this. When we sin, we open a door in the spirit realm. The enemy gets a foothold. And if we stay in that sin, it becomes a stronghold. Friend, this is truth that will set you free. The number three main fruit of Freemasonry is fear. People, 80-some percent of Christians we deal with deal with crippling fear. Think about that. 80, uh, Bible school students, 80.7%. We did a statistical check one day. 
87, 81% basically, 80.7, dealt with crippling fear, fear of the dark, fear of failure, fear of not being good enough, fear of this, fear of that, fear of authority, fear of man, fear of women. Hello? It goes on and on and on. Fear is huge, and you, you addressed it. We have three DVDs back there on the table with my books. One's on generational curses with a 40-minute prayer to break line upon line every curse that could be on you. I have one on Freemasonry, another 40-some-minute prayer to break the curse of Freemasonry. And I have a a thing back there on fear and a prayer to break the the curse of fear on people's lives. This this is what we do. We help people get free. But but the thing is, we've got to find the root. Malachi 3.8. You didn't bring this up during the offering, but Malachi 3.8 says you're under a curse, all of you, for robbing me of tithes and offering. Now, you know, a lot of preachers don't like to get up there and beat the sheep with that, but I'm, I'm like the evangelist, blow in, blow up, and blow out, and let Pastor Jade clean up after the mess. But you know what? A lot of people come to me for deliverance or healing, and I ask them, do you tithe? And they say no. And I say, well, no wonder you're sick. No wonder you're, you're under a curse from God. Friend, it's not just an Old Testament principle. It's a fact. And we need to understand the enemy's a legalist. And if we're giving him a legal right, he will get his due. Amen? Boy, they're not shouting me down now. I'll get over it. How about the sin of unforgiveness, bitterness, hatred? Do you realize secular doctors said a lot of arthritis is due to unforgiveness and bitterness? It poisons the bones. There was a word of knowledge that you gave me a minute ago, right? God wants to heal the bones. Isn't that what it was? You know what? If you've got sickness in your bones, Lord, who do I need to forgive? Who hurt me so bad that I still have bitterness tent up in me? It's affecting my bones. I feel the Holy Spirit on that. That's a word of knowledge. You know what? Drugs, alcohol, overeating. You know, overeating is a Pentecostal ailment. Did you realize that? We can't wait to go to the buffet and buffet our bodies. And friend, I'm as guilty as anyone. That was one of the reasons I have kidney disease, my diet. You can't eat 5,000 grams of protein a day when you're supposed to have about 50. But you know what? I love protein. Hello, get at it for vegetables. You know what? Those poor vegetables give their life for nothing in my case. <laughs> Where's the meat? <laughs> Amen? Lack of faith. Sylvie nailed me that night. She said, your faith has been tweaked. Listen. When we go through hell for a long time, when we see, when, when I watched Janet Sutter for two years slowly die. And I'm going to tell you, it damaged my faith. I was still praying deliverance. I was still casting out demons. I was still healing people. But I couldn't heal my wife. Friend, that, that'll tweak your faith. But you know what? When she addressed it, I got on my knees and I cried out to God and I said, God, I know you're still sovereign. I know you're still in charge. I know you have a perfect plan. And God, I want my faith renewed. I want my strength renewed. I want the joy of the Lord again, Lord. Amen? Amen. I mean, no, I got it back. Amen. Amen. I, one other thing that... that People don't talk about much, but there's, there's other reasons we get sick other than spirits, other than sin. Other, there, it's environmental stuff. 
Maybe it's toxins in your food or at your work. Or People get sick for different reasons. People get injuries. I, I dealt with a boy whose father used to beat him against a pole to where he had a dent in his head and he had brain damage. You know what? It wasn't a spirit. There, there was a physical healing needed. There was supernatural intervention needed. And sometimes that's just what we need, a supernatural healing. God, whatever the reason, I just need you to touch me and to heal me. I was praying this morning, and, and the Lord said his body needs spiritual hygiene. And so I heard it so clearly. I wrote it down in my Bible. Spiritual hygiene. We need a cleaning. We need to get rid of the sin and the garbage and the bitterness and the anger. And we need to get our lives right with God. We need to, we need to start pressing towards that goal so we can win this thing. Amen? Amen. And then after God does heal you, you need to do like the man at the pool of Bethesda. John chapter 5 verse 1, Jesus came up to him. This guy's laying at the pool. And all these people are laying here. And Jesus says to him, do you want to be healed? And you know what the man said? He didn't say, yes, Lord, heal me. He, said, he started having a pity party. He started saying, Lord, every time the angel troubles the water, someone beats me to the water and I never get healed. Jesus said, I don't want that. Do you want to be healed? I'm asking you this morning, do you want to be healed? Amen? And then in verse Jesus healed him, by the way. And in verse 14, he found him in the temple praising God, giving glory for the healing. Jesus went up to him, didn't see, you know what he said? He said, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Friend, when, when I, I've dealt with people that have been healed, and they've gone back into sin, and now they're much sicker than they were. I've dealt with people where I've cast out demons, and they've gone back to that vomit. To, to wallow in that mud again. And you know what? Their, their demons are seven times worse than what I cast out the first time. Hello? The Bible's very accurate, very true. It tells us what we need to do. Amen? And then lastly, I told you I wouldn't go too long. I'm going to pray for you. But lastly, when, when God does heal you, when God does touches you, when God does deliver you, don't, don't get a second. You can go to the doctor. I encourage people, when you get a physical healing, go get it verified. Don't come up here with a testimony and then drop dead next week. Okay? That, that's, there's no glory to God in that. God's healed you. You know he's healed you. You go get checked. You get the report. Get the x-ray. Get the, the PET scan. Get the whatever. And when you testify, pull it out and say, God has healed me. But what you don't want to do when God heals you is go out the door and let the devil, devil hold the door for you. Don't let him open your car door and say, that wasn't real. That wasn't real. You didn't get healed. God, God doesn't do that anymore. Don't buy the lie. You don't need a second opinion from the devil. Amen? Amen? Stand with me this morning, if you would. I told you I wouldn't go long. Hallelujah. Joyce, come up here for one minute. Do you all remember how sick Joyce was? I'll tell you how little faith I had when she said she was going to do it natural. I said, you know what? That's what killed Janet, didn't I? I told Joyce that. Joyce said, I've heard from the Lord. I've heard from the Lord. Look at her today. She's healed. Amen? Amen. I love you. Bless you. Your faith helped me. You, the Sylvie kicking me and your faith. <laughs> Friend, I'm telling you, God wants to heal today. 
He wants to heal you today. So I, I want you just to close your eyes for a minute. And I want you to pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. What do I need to do to be set free? What do I need to do to be healed today? Lord, what do I do, need to do to be delivered today? Lord, is there a sin issue in my life that I need to deal with? Lord, if there is, show me right now. Play the video in my mind. Lord, is there someone I need to forgive? Lord, am I dealing with unforgiveness and bitterness towards someone? Lord, show me who I need to forgive. Lord, am I mad at you? Am I mad at myself? Am I mad at someone that hurt me? God, show me. Show me, Lord. Show me what I need to do. Lord, is there a generational curse? Lord, Lord, if there is, I repent for my sins. Pray it. I repent for my sins and the sins of my ancestors. I break every generational curse. I break every assignment of the enemy. I break it. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I break it. I break every hex, every vex, every voodoo, every curse. I break every assignment of the enemy. I break sickness and disease. I rebuke the spirit of infirmity right now. I tell you to rise up and go. Go now. Every spirit of death, every spirit of death linked to infirmity, you rise up and you leave these people of God right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, right now, show them any sin, any curse, anything they need to do. Lord, if it's a, a lack of faithfulness, stir it in their heart to be faithful, God. Stir up the faith, Lord. If their faith has been tweaked like mine was, Lord, stir it up in them, Lord. Stir it up in Jesus' name. Stir it up, Lord. Stir up the anointing. Stir up the power. Stir it up in Jesus' name. Stir it up, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I rebuke the devil. I bind you, Satan. I bind sickness and disease. I bind infirmity. I bind the spirit of death. Death to your bodies, death to your emotions, death to your relationships, death to your finances. I bind the devil in Jesus' name. And if you need a touch from God this morning, I want you to come up here right now. Step out and come up here if you need healing. If you need healing, come up here and let God touch you. Come on, darling. Right now in the name of Jesus, if you need healing, if you need deliverance, if you need some hell broken off you this morning, you will come up here and you let God do this thing this morning. Come on, line them up here. Line up here. Line up here. Come on. Let them through, please. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Lord, thank you for your people's desire to be healed, to be free. Lord, you are Christ, our healer. Christ, our deliverer. Thank you, God. You guys are the elders. You're the prayer folks. You're going to help me pray? Good. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, if I was sick with cancer right now, I'd want Joyce Nickin to pray for me. Because she has faith for that. She has faith for that. If you're sick with infirmity, 
Lord, do this great thing. Do this great. If you're sick, I don't care if it's migraines, if it's an ingrown toenail, if it's cancer, it doesn't matter. God wants you healed. He wants you delivered. He wants you whole. He does not want his body suffering. And I'm going to tell you something else. God doesn't put sin on us or put uh, sickness on us. He doesn't say, well, you gossiped, I'm gonna give you heart disease. You lied, I'm gonna give you cancer. That's not the God I serve. I serve a Father in heaven that loves me and wants to bless me. But, but we need to know that we know that we know He wants to heal us in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Let's play some worship and we're gonna pray for these folks. Amen? Amen. Go ahead, prayer team. I release you to pray for them, lay hands on them, cast out a spirit of infirmity, cast out a spirit of sickness, disease, whatever it is. Just pray for them right now. Lord, we just speak it over this group right now. We just speak healing. We speak deliverance. We break every assignment of the enemy. We call it null and void, powerless and broken in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.